Hey guys, I'm Laura and I'm Anna and welcome back to your weekly dose of relatable content, questionable advice, lots of laughs, and as always, girl vibes only. Hi everyone, welcome back to Girl Vibes Only. I'm Laura and I'm Anna. And today we are talking about the great resignation. Woohoo! <laughs> so if everyone you guys, quit their jobs. Yeah, if, I'm sure by now you guys have heard about this phrase or a form of this phrase, which is essentially referring to the work labor economy right now that honestly has been going on since the pandemic but especially now I think if you go to any store any restaurant you will see people are wanted literally fucking wanted everywhere help is desperately wanted yeah (laughs) even like at our core jobs help is severely wanted oh my gosh I think at my job we have like 1500 open roles and like every day like we have three more people leaving on Friday this week It's insane. And so, like, there's a lot of reasons. So, first, I kind of want to talk about, like, what we think is happening with this, like, Mm -hmm. great resignation. So, like, overall, like, as you guys can kind of see, this is referring to just a ton of people leaving their jobs and, like, just quitting and Mm -hmm. doing something completely different. Some are going to new jobs. Some are becoming self independent mm-hmm. some people are doing like you know I don't even know only fan accountant jobs I don't know what mm-hmm. they're doing but they're leaving jobs I'm an accountant and, <laughs> and it's just literally making the economy with labor plummet right now like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy yeah no I agree um it is pretty wild I'm like all for it it's so funny I feel like when I ta- have this discussion, you know, with my parents and people like old, the older generation, the mindset behind it is so different than when I talk about it with people my age, you know, people in our generation. And my thought o- about it is good for fucking you. If you yes. within the past two years have quit a job that made you miserable and brought you, you know, any sort of like anxiousness or made you unhappy in your life and you are financially um, able to still like support yourself and live a life that you are happy with without that job good for fucking you I think that's so awesome I you know I do I'm kind of torn I'm not in the place by any means now where I could go through with that if I wanted to but if I was would I want to I do even though I do work in corporate America I do like my job and I like um, the sense of purpose it gives me throughout the day and the productivity I feel at the end of the day of it. Um, and so I'm just kind of like all for it. If you were able to, you know, create a life that you're happy with and you can sustain yourself with without that job, good for you. And I feel like when I talk with this with my parents, they're just like, who do these people are thinking they don't have to work, blah, 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 you know, that type of mindset, like, oh, it must goody for them. It must be so nice to do that. Like, how do they do that? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just so wild to see, like, what do they do all day? Just like, hang out. And I'm like, 
maybe yeah maybe they decided they want their life to just be enjoyable yeah nothing more nothing less they just want to enjoy life well so why in your opinion why do you think people are leaving their jobs I think like I I think that you know the pandemic really showed people a lot it taught people a lot I think um people really took stock of their life what was making them happy what wasn't making them happy um I think a lot of people started side businesses during the Mm -hmm. pandemic started you know when you're faced with the I mean I think you know as you just we have distanced ourselves so much from lockdown and it's been you know a while now since we've been in that state sometimes you forget but it was a very scary time yeah and as someone who never dealt with depression or anxiety on a high level before the pandemic I will never forget like how truly awful that six or eight months was for me and it was so like it was bad and I think sometimes we maybe play down how bad it was And I think people really just wanted, figured, was trying to figure out a way to enjoy life and what truly mattered to them. Yeah. I think going to an eight to five job that didn't fulfill them, where they weren't making enough money um, and had no flexibility for their life was just like, I'm not settling for that anymore. And I think a lot of people found other avenues to make money that wasn't in like the traditional sense. And I think that's great. And then I think a lot of other people do or two, um, when the pandemic hit and they were working from home, I think the pandemic really showed a lot of companies their true colors. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who were expected to go back to the office and said, absolutely fucking not. I'm going to find myself a job where I either have a hybrid, really flexible schedule or totally work from home in general like all the time. And um, I think people are just, they're not settling for working and working situations and life situations that doesn't fulfill them. And that's the other thing too, is when I talk to my parents about fully remote work, they're like, what, why would you want that? Blah, blah, blah. And they're just so much in that old mindset of like, you need, especially me, it's the worst thing you can ever be in the world like what Anna Marie you need to be in the office five days a week like how are you gonna meet a husband I'm like oh you know what I'm really when I walk into the office three days a week that is actually not at all a thought that crosses my head I actually prefer not to meet my husband at work frankly um so it's just so funny to see too just their idea on work from home in general like yeah the fact that they're my parents are so happy when I went back into they're like, good, that's what you need. You need structure. You you know, people need to wake up early and get themselves ready for the day and drive to work and work at an office and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like as progressive and, you know, uh, thinking my parents are, it's so wild to see them have such for not to be dramatic, but like archaic ways of thinking when it comes to yeah. like the workplace and what means in your life and how how much of a priority it is and you know how much of your personality by so I just think it's really really interesting one to see the dynamic of like people's thoughts between generations of this whole thing and two just you know I guess people's thoughts in generals of like why this is happening and um 
if people would prefer to work from home fully or kind of like the hybrid mix schedule. Yeah. And I think like what you're discussing, like the generational differences between the two are kind of what's happening with like the jobs and the corporate, like those like hiring managers and people making decisions versus the people who are actually Mm -hmm. in the jobs and leaving. And it's like exactly like you said, during the pandemic, companies true colors showed people come don't get me wrong some companies had to make very tough decisions and yeah people go and like which is so sad cut people's salaries and do a lot of things that I'm sure that were not in the plan like that was not what they needed but it was kind of like the way people like I think one that woke people up it was kind of like all right like they can lose me in a second I need Mm -hmm. to make sure that I have myself ready and situated and you know like I have a friend who was fired brought back fired again and then asked to wait in the wings Mm -hmm. not to get another job because they were going to want them back and they were like no I'm gonna find a new job this is ridiculous and it's like a lot of the companies are now in like a war with each other because it's about what benefits can they offer yeah like work from home, which offers more flexibility and like a better pay, which my old company is not giving me anymore. So I'm going to go to someone who values me mm-hmm. and is going to pay it. And it's crazy. And also, I think a lot of what's come out with the pandemic too was a lot more companies are offering mental health days that are outside. Oh, of the yeah. And even company wide mental health days and stuff like that and I just think I I truly think the traditional idea of what the workforce is is totally been flipped on its back and I think we're gonna see a huge huge shift in what a workplace looks like within the next 10 years and even um you know I kind of my boss and I were talking about it today you know how like right now it's it's a buyer's market correct when it comes to real estate Yes. Yeah. No, it's a seller's market. No, it's market. a seller's market. It's a seller's it's market. So high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like a seller's market for real estate and it's an employee's market for um, job hunting. And, yes. you know, employees have all these options. And so, so much in the past when interviewing for a new job and finding a new job, it was, you know, we went through the recession and, you know, the kids not being able to ever find work and now there's a surplus of jobs and we're the employees we're really in this advantage that we can truly have a pick of you know finding a company that fits our schedule fits our lifestyles is going to pay us a decent salary is going to office offer us benefits that we want and I think that's awesome and I think people should really take full advantage of it and I don't feel I have no hard feelings to the great resignation. I think it's probably the best thing that could happen to American work culture and um, any boomer can fight me on it and I will gladly stand against them. Like I have have no hard feelings towards this movement. And if I was in a position um, to join, I totally would. I'm just not. And I'm okay with that. But right. Everyone who's being part of the great resignation right now, I'm giving you a virtual high five because I fucking love. Well, I think it too. So like, this is something that I I had a mentor share this with me, like back when I first started at my current job. And it reminds me of a lot of what's going on right now. It's like, you know, obviously when you're interviewing and when you're at a company, like 
that company is choosing you like you're Mm -hmm. being chosen for that role specifically and that's why it's so gut like cutthroat it's ruthless like it's hard to get a position because they are choosing you out of a ton of people Mm -hmm. and at the time you're choosing them too you want to make sure that everything looks great to you you also want to work for them you know whatever but after that moment it is all on the employee and it is the employee choosing that job every day because mm-hmm. they're done choosing. They're not like looking. And that's what a lot of they have you a mistake. They're not like they're so focused on getting new people. They're not focused on getting you. Comfortable they're not sure you're happy. This and, is like, the thing. When employers are looking for a job, they are ready there to charm you, take oh, you yeah. out on a date take you to a nice dinner. And as soon as they have you, then they're not willing to date you anymore. They're not willing to put in the work to continue the relationship. They are the deadbeat boyfriend once you have the job. Why have the cow when you already had steak, right? Exactly. Exactly. So um, you slept with them on the first date and now they have no reason. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) That's basically the metaphor. (laughs) The metaphor, but also if you want to fuck on the first, also more power to you. Who cares? Um, but um, I just like, yeah, no, I just think it's really interesting. And I just, I mean, it's about damn time to be completely honest. Yeah. And like, I think it's like, and that like brings me a point for you and for me, mm-hmm. like, we're not part of this great resignation right now, but we can be part of like, let's make sure we're choosing our own work yeah. and our own company. And like, you just, it's a great reminder to do a pulse check to make sure like, am I being, and, and don't get me wrong. I support the reg- resignation too. I think that a lot of companies are screwing up left and right and yeah. are not valuing their employees and are not offering basic needs and basic mm-hmm. things that are would make the, the all the difference in the world. Yeah. But at the same time too, you don't want to just leave your job and expect to be handed a million no. and ten roles no. right from the get-go. Like it's it's not like that great. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's still like a, a dangerous world. Yeah. But... You still have to apply. They're still getting through the bureaucracy of fighting against people who have an right. in somewhere. It's definitely you're gonna quit and then there's 10 recruiters on you the next day it's not there right but like it's good to just like check in with yourself and be like am I still happy here like even though I like you know like my job am I being paid adequately like do I need to do like our uh company has something called like a um an equity review and so basically they I'm pretty sure all companies have to do that Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I thought so, but I wasn't sure. So, like, but yeah. they'll they at any point you can request one of these equity reviews, and they will go. They'll make sure that you're being paid fairly for what you're doing and for any new duties that you've taken on since the job role was created. Ask them for that. Ask mm-hmm. to do things like this to make sure you're being compensated fairly too. Or if you care more about like things like mental health wellness days or something like that, talk to your HR department and see what you guys can like work out, you know? Yeah. And I think it's even for me, like I am, well, as of next week, I'm at my job for a year. So I left. Yeah. So I was, um, I was pre uh, the great resignation, but even for me, I'm obviously in no position to be leaving my job. I've only been there a year and I still have a ton to learn, but really 
kind of made me think of what's a priority for me in my career. What do I want my work life to look like and kind of put almost a timeline on the current job I have and where I see what, what I need to do to optimize my time there and be quickest and most efficient way Mm -hmm. and give myself like solid goals that I want to meet before moving on to my next role. And um, so I think that's another thing of just giving yourself a timeline and like setting goals of, you know, how much more can you get out of the job that you're currently at before you, you know, also may want to think about jumping ship and going somewhere else or moving further along in your career. So I think even, you know, being in a position where I, I'm not in the position to join in the good fight of the great resignation, <laughs> um, but kind of putting my perspective, I think has also been huge, honestly. So that's what I want to ask you too. So let's switch gears. We kind of talked about our feelings with the great resignation, what it is. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk to the people who might actually be thinking, all right, I want to be one of those people. I think I'm ready to switch jobs what was your first step? Like when you kind of think back to knowing you had outgrown your current um, role and your Mm -hmm. current, or at this point, your previous company, Yeah. what was your first step in trying to figure out where to go next? Um, So my first step in knowing I outgrew or the first step in well, both. I guess, like, okay. how did you realize you were ready to move on yeah. to your next company? Um, I think with the outgrowing, I think um, my my previous role had just gotten very monotonous and honestly really boring. Um, I constantly made jokes to my family that I could do my job blindfolded for eight hours a day and still produce the same quality of work. And it was honestly true. I was getting to the point, you know, at the beginning of the, of the pandemic and stuff, I was, and even at the beginning of the pandemic, I just like, it was one of those things where we were working from home full time. So I was really trying to wake up every single day and work eight hours and be fully productive, but that's not how I was when I was in the office. I, um, found myself towards the end of my time at my last position, literally not start until like I would be online, but not starting to actually do work until two o'clock and trying to see if I could fit in my day's work in two hours. And I did it every single day. Oh my God. And for like about a year at like my last year, I guess at that role, I had multiple times, you know, said I want to grow in this position. I want to learn more. I want more responsibility, this, that, and the other. Um, You know, I want to take on, you know, more leadership roles. I want to, you know, take, do more classes and learn more about this industry, stuff like that. And I had just gotten to the point where I wasn't learning anything. And the like prospect of me learning more in that role was looking slim and my company really did not value professional development and, um, you know, growth and wanting to give their employees more responsibilities. And looking at a structural, like a career ladder, there wasn't a lot for me to go. There were a lot for me to do. And a lot of my, what I was doing in that company was very political um, and, you know, research-esque based, but it was all company's own database. So I really didn't have at like a ton of trans um, because they don't use like a universal um, like 
uh, or like statistic uh, analyzing, you know, program. So um, I kind of said to myself, I'm bored. I've position. I've outgrown this role and clearly I'm not going to get any further with, you know, leader and trying to um, have more of a professional development development and develop my career. So it'd be better to get out now and um, not sit in this job for five, six years without transferable skills and then be in my thirties and screwed. So I kind of made the decision that I wanted to leave. I wanted to keep certain job that I liked, um, but go into a, a field that was more um, transferable that I could grow in, not only within that a specific company, but within the field in general. Um, and also I wanted to get fucking paid more. I didn't get paid enough. Yeah. And I was working two jobs before the pandemic and it was truly awful. And so I just knew it was time for me to leave. And so that's when I knew I, you know, outgrew it. My first step in leaving the job was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Honestly, my, both my degrees, my undergrad and grad school are in public health. And then my grad school, the concentration, I guess you could say is in health policy. And, um, so it's not as much as I do health, and I'm an advocate for public health. And I think it's a great, um, field and, especially for people into college, I think it's a great, you know, major to get into because you can do a lot of double-edged sword because it's not like nursing where you come out and you're a nurse. And so I'm going to be looking for nursing jobs my whole life. It's not that type of field. It's not as straightforward. No. So there was a ton I could do with it. I have a lot of, on my resume, a lot of different experience doing a bunch of different things in, um, you know, public health and um, that, you know, field. And so it was kind of just narrowing down what I wanted to do. And I spent hours and hours and hours on LinkedIn. Um, And it was a lot of just doing a LinkedIn job search to see what was out there. And then deep diving into those positions, into the company, looking at people who either currently hold the position I wanted to apply for or had previously held the position and kind of looking at their background and their experiences and if it had a line and um, where they went next. Honestly, my biggest thing when I was looking at jobs and, like I said, finding people who uh, had previously held the role I was I was really curious into what people did next. And I know that may sound a little messed up, kind of like jumping ship already before you even applied or have the. My biggest thing is I used to be, I made the biggest mistake when I first entered um, grad school thinking like I need to define the perfect job title and position at a specific company um, that I was going to spend the rest of my life at after graduating. Cause I had parents who modeled after me. My parents were at their companies for 30, 40 plus years and then retired at them. And that always my kind of, you know, role models when it came to working and what it was like to be, you know, a working parent and just whatever. Um, and that's just not realistic in today's age. And if you do find a company that you're able to continuously grow at and make good money, develop um, professionally, that's so awesome. And you should definitely like, um, it's just not realistic for most people. And honestly, the way you make the most money and going up the career ladder in a financial standpoint is by jumping ship and working at multiple companies. And that's 
And I'm not saying you can go every two years, but you should be looking for jobs once that point where you may think you have outgrown it. And so my biggest thing, and I on it when I was applying for my first job, but I obviously had no idea about professional development and everything then. Um, So my biggest thing was looking at people who the position and where they went next. And just to see like the growth within that specific career field or in that specific like job title and making sure there was growth there and there was opportunities to do other things. And that was my biggest, like my biggest um, lesson and piece of, of advice I would have to anyone um, looking for a job or even just in their current role is the how invaluable professional development is and being at a company that really values you developing professionally and gives you tools to, you know, get different certificates and um, build yourself with different experiences and really try like I, while there are many things be things that my current role that I, you know, don't love about my company, they hold professional development to a, such a high standard. And it's such every, you know, one-on-one meeting I have about my manager is so heavily based on if I'm developing at the rate and what I want to do professionally. And I think that is just as important as your salary, if not more, to be completely honest. And yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, you made the good point that like a lot of companies, like the way to make money is to leave and go to a different company. And I hate that that is true because it's like, it shouldn't be, but that's when you're absolutely right. You need to focus in on what does like if you are like at the end of the day I understand everyone wants to make money but you will probably never be 100% happy with the salary you're being given because you're always going to feel like you're operating above because Mm -hmm. you are going to be like you are going to be operating above what you get so you have to really find companies that value what you value so like if Mm -hmm. you're valuing professional development and you want someone to help or if they have an um, education assistance program like that's what you want to find then because that's Mm -hmm. what you care about if you're older and like you don't care about that stuff anymore because you're already professionally developed then you're not looking for that maybe you're looking for um more like seniority days off or mental health days or parental leave or whatever Mm -hmm. it is like or sure a lack of responsibility like there are right. people who are maybe older who you know did the years in a management position and now want more of a position where they can only they only have to worry about themselves and that makes sense but that's not where we're at in our careers and As- i think that the resignations definitely giving people the like tools to look at it in a holistic approach like you yeah. don't always just need to go up the next career ladder step it, sometimes you do but yeah. you don't always, and that's going to be helpful to take the holistic yeah. approach to it. I think too, when looking at companies, another thing that I really looked at because this was another issue at my previous company was um, looking at the position, seeing where the person went next, and seeing if the person moved up and went somewhere else in the company, and even seeing how many promotions that got at the company. I think is really important to look at because. You know, there was times where I would have loved to have gotten a promotion at a different department within my last company, but they don't do that. They didn't, as much as they would love to say, we hire from within and we want to promote you. No, we don't because it's cheaper to hire someone outside the company than it is to promote you into this role. And so that was another thing at my company, like 
I've been there a year and I've seen multiple people be promoted into other departments and other roles in my company. And I find that extremely important. And to know that like they truly are concerned and take an effort and are interested in my personal development our professional development. And if that's within my current company, that's awesome. That's, you know, a return for them, but also being realistic and knowing that, you know, most of the people in our young professionals, you probably aren't going to retire at our company. They're probably going to have multiple jobs, at multiple other companies within their career. And that's okay. That's just what the job market looks like. Um, but hopefully they're going to gain these skills and want to stay within this company. And I think that's another thing people don't look at is how frequently people are promoted and if they're promoted into different departments within the same company, because that's another really invaluable thing. Um, so that was my, when I was looking, I spent a ton of time on, to get back to the original state or question, I spent a ton of time on LinkedIn, just looking at what jobs were out there and really doing a deep dive on the company and current employees there and where they went. Um, just to make sure that the field I was going into um, had that job growth and had, you know, a lot of different uh, avenues that I could go into. And then um, I went on Glassdoor, obviously looked at salaries, although Glassdoor obviously isn't totally accurate. It gives you an idea. And, you know, there are there were jobs that the salary that was listed was too low than I wanted. And I totally and said, yep, not, I'm not wasting my time on writing a cover letter and going through all these things for your base salary to be 15 grand under what I'm willing to accept. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know some people say not to do that, but honestly, it's hard unless it's like a government job or something like that. Companies really don't post the job like uh, salary on their websites or on whatever recruiting site that they're using to hire from. And I think Glassdoor is a great resource. I think you can go in and look at reviews for the company, um, look at benefits, what people who work there have to say. Obviously, you have to see, like, take some things with a grain of salt because any Joe Blow can go in there and be a terrible worker and have gotten fired and, you know, put it off a review. But if you're seeing astoundingly, like, way more negative comments than positive, I, it's something to consider when you know yeah. if you still want to interview and apply there so my two biggest places that I looked were LinkedIn and Glassdoor yeah so I you answered like a million questions sorry I'm in sorry my, <laughs> no it, it was good because you covered a lot of topics within that um I wanted to add the one thing too was you know you, you said you looked at LinkedIn you're looking at the people's like ladder steps like you mm -hmm. know how to kind of see how it evolves too and one thing I always advise people to do especially if they're not exactly sure what to do so this was one of the questions we asked you guys on Instagram to submit some questions and um Anna answered you actually answered a lot of these um which I'll like cover what we got but one of them was advice on switching career fields too. Mm -hmm. And I think that can also, like, this is what I always recommend to people because, um, you know, I have friends and family members who don't love where they're currently at right now and yeah. want to know what to do next. And I think by looking on LinkedIn, finding people that have interests that you have, and then 
messaging them. Like mm-hmm. just say, Hey, do you have 10 minutes to chat? I would love to set something up. Like, especially in the virtual world, it's so much yeah. easier. Um, you know, I would love to learn more about your company, your role, what you do. And like a lot of times, especially if they're in the younger, I feel like, you know, 30 and under, you know, maybe even 35 and under people are willing to help the next generation of yeah. career women, especially, um, but men too. And like, just to kind of get a sense of, is this something that I'm interested in? Mm-hmm. And to answer that question too, I can't take credit for this. I saw this on TikTok, but it really spoke to me and I've been telling people all the time about it. And it was saying like, if you're not exactly sure, so if you know that the career you're in right now, it might not be for you, whether you're getting bored of it or you're not challenged enough and you don't think that just getting a higher title is going to really satisfy you and you're interested in switching careers, but you don't know what to do, that you follow your curiosities first. So if you just are curious about things, look into it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm taking me, for example, if I were to switch careers, I'm very interested in like people who are in publishing, who get to read books all day and decide Mm -hmm. who goes to print think that's amazing yeah I follow that curiosity because I want to know more about it yeah but if you don't feel like you have many like passions or hobbies that you're curious about think of people that you might be envious of and then take why like Mm -hmm. so is it because of the amount of money that they have okay maybe I need to look at a job that has more money Mm -hmm. or is it because of like what is it about they get to travel Yeah, like, then let's look into something travel related. And I just thought that those two points were so, like, obvious, but not that I kind of was like, oh, like, that's a great way to think about it. Yeah, I did see this question, even though Lauren told me to not go in and look at the questions because she wanted to ask some of me. I did see this question pop up um, from the box that you put up on Instagram. And although I didn't intentionally switch fields, I kind of did. Um I wouldn't say what I'm working in right now is public health because it's not um, maybe on a broad sense, you could make it a stretch, but it's not definitely not a public health field. And it's definitely if you would have told me in grad school, this is where I would have ended up at this point. I wouldn't have believed you. It's still in healthcare, but um, just not at all what I was expecting. So it was kind of a career switch for me, um, like unintentionally. And I think my biggest thing for this question is, I think what you said is really great and take Lauren's advice first. I think following a curiosity and stuff like that, that's such a good idea. And um, for me, I think it kind of was like, I'm, I'm curious into a lot of different aspects of the public health and healthcare field. It's really hard to narrow it down. And I think I could be happy in any sort of realm of public health and healthcare. Um, So there wasn't really, I was kind of just looking at, I was looking at policy, healthcare jobs, analytic jobs, like literally any other sort of buzzword that fit into like words that were on my current resume. I typed into the box, like in Philadelphia to find. Um, And what I think is interesting and, you know, if you do find that career that you want to switch into and you're curious about whatever, and you are applying to the job, I think the biggest thing is to look at your current role and your experience and look at it from like a larger picture and find functional transferable skills from Mm -hmm. that job um, and try to apply job and um, 
you know, to show that you're eligible and that you're able to do this job, even though it may be a career uh, switch. Yeah. You're going to have to talk about it at some point. (laughs) Exactly. And so for me, while I was a lot of the um, parts of my last job, I still use a ton in this job. And it was my last job was a really great stepping stone for this job. There were a lot of things that I had no experience of when coming into this position. And, um, when I was, you know, applying and in my interviews, a lot of it, I was just leading with, um, like what I have in common with the current job and the career in general. Mm -hmm. So I talked a lot about my functional skills of like analyzing large data sets analytics in general, problem solving, like operational improvement, um, like efficiencies, running efficiencies within like data sets and stuff like that. So that was like those functional skills that I was using in my previous job, I knew were going to be needed in the job I currently have. And that's what I led with. I was like, you know, I don't have a lot of obviously experience in this realm. I have seen it and I understand it. But in this other part of the job that I need for this role, I have a ton of experience in. And um you know, sometimes it may not be as transferable, especially if it's maybe a big career move, but you can find like functional skills that um, if you look at your job in like a broader sense or over into another career, another, you know, area of work. So that's kind of what I did, honestly. Like I said, it was an intentional career move. It just, or career switch, it just kind of happened. But I needed, it, it was essentially one. And that's what I needed to do in order to get the current position that I have. And it's worked out great. I don't feel underqualified for my role. I think um, I've, I've learned a lot and I'm really happy in my position. Um, and it was a little scary going into a role because especially, you know, I think anyone in a career switch, I've been in the field working for three years now. So it's kind of like you kind of expect the next job for you to have like a handle on it. And you're like, I got this, whatever, like if you're moving up in the ladder. And mine, while it was still a promotion and a move up, it was somewhat of a lateral move because there was still so much of this job I had never done and was still needing to learn about. Um, And it was a little scary. I remember starting being like, am I going to like be good at this job? Like, what if I hate it? And you definitely have those nerves, but if you like, you'll be fine. Like I promise you'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's going to be a new journey, like regardless. Mm -hmm. So exactly, you know, you just have to take it one step at a time. And if you use those tips that Anna just shared, I think you'll feel better prepared to to do it. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I think in any job, it takes a year to be fully comfortable. And I'm just starting, I've been there a year, literally as of next week. And I'm feeling like I'm just starting to feel very like confident so much in the so that I can, you know, help like a new person on our team that's starting. I can take over some of that, you know, teaching and uh, demonstrating things for this person. So it takes time and, you know, use the affirmation Rachel taught us last week or two weeks yeah. ago. I am learning. Yeah. Just keep telling yourself that it's not an excuse. It's the truth. You're learning. There's things you're not going to understand and that's totally okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to go to another question, mm-hmm. we started, you started kind of talking about this earlier 
how do you negotiate salary when interviewing for a new company? Because it's awkward. So it is awkward. And so, um, I did better negotiating with this job than I did with my first job, obviously, because my first, I barely at all. Um, what I will say, I wish I would have done. Um, and I think I was, I don't know if I hadn't thought of it, but you know, when they ask you in the, um, in the application, a lot of times they'll either ask you, they can't in Philadelphia anymore, but if you don't live in Philly, they can ask you this question. Um, what is your current salary? And, um, what is like the salary you're looking to make? Um, my job luckily didn't ask my current salary and other jobs that I did, did ask. And I lied and I don't care. What are they going to do? Look, they can't look it up. How would they know? So if you're worried about either, if there's the option to not answer the question and just leave it blank, um, do that first for both. What is your current salary and what are you looking to make? I say, leave it the fuck blank if you can, and they don't make you fill it in. And if they do, if they ask you about your current salary, I I lied on a lot of mine and said it was more so that way they re- could recognize if I'm going to make the switch, it, the salary and financially needs to be worth my time. Right. Um, so I lied about how I, I said I made more than I did. And then for the nego- for the salary part, honestly, as much as you can, try not to fill it out. And I honestly put zero. And, you know, maybe write if there's a comment section, say like, you know, willing to discuss when you're having that conversation with the HR person, the recruiter, whoever it is, and they ask you about your salary, turn it around on them and say, yeah, obviously this is a really important part of the interview process. I want to know your budget and see if it aligns with mine. Never give your cards up on the table all at once because um, I was reading this the other day, but um, the like American workforce, at least astoundingly values their work and how much they're worth 20 to 30% less than what the company is willing to pay or in their budget. So yeah. honestly, whatever, and if they're making you fill it out and you don't want to put zero, whatever you want to make, add 20% to it. Like, yeah. honestly, and you know, any, I think there always is that concern, like, oh, if it's too high, they're not even talk to if you're someone that they value and you know they think that you'd be good for the job they're still going to reach out to you and I had multiple jobs that called me and said hey listen we're really interested in your resume we see that you put this much for salary that's not exactly the budget for it we're thinking about this much are you still willing to come in and interview and there were some that I was like no I'm sorry because it was very comparable to my current job so it made no sense and there was others that I was like no I would consider that salary sure like I will interview So any good recruiter, HR person, that's not going to be a deterrent. They're still going to at least call if they think that you're a good fit. They're going to at least call and reach out and see if you're still willing to come in. So I say as much as possible, don't lay your cards out on the table. Don't tell them what it is. Put it on them so you can see what their budget is and respond back to it. And I think that's the best way to go about it. I think that's how you, you know, kind of make the most money. And there's always room for negotiation when they come back to you with the salary and say, you know, this is what we're offering you in the offer letter. I would say, can I have a day or two to think about it and reach out and say, I would always go 
five, like five grand more than what they're giving you. And that way, either they say, no, this is the best and final, or they negotiate and you get two or three grand more than you were really like originally offered. So those are my two biggest thing for salary. I feel like it, that may be kind of like rudimentary or maybe like the basics, but it is awkward. It's uncomfortable to negotiate salary. I totally get it. I still think it's really uncomfortable. Those aren't maybe all the tactics I even use this time. And I wish I would have done the, you know, not putting my cards out on the table and turning it back on them, asking about their budget before I told them what I wanted to make. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is asking them first. Yeah, no, I, I think that that is great advice. And I think too, it, it can feel awkward, especially so say like, you're taking this one step further. And this is like your dream job. And you're say that you're taking this one step further, and that this is like your dream job. And like, mm-hmm. you were so nervous about putting down some kind of salary yeah. or not putting some kind of salary down because you just really want it. And it's one of those, sometimes yeah. that happens. Like sometimes yeah. you're almost like, I don't even care if I don't make an amazing salary because this is my dream job and I don't want to lose them. I mm-hmm. think that's where it is absolutely okay in your initial conversations so, to talk to them. So I, I would say in that case, I would do your advice, do 20% of what you're actually making, do mm-hmm. your actual, if you're like super nervous, do 20% of your actual salary yeah. for a new one. Mm-hmm. And then in your first initial conversations, usually it's going to be a hiring manager. So someone that's like not actually going to be working with you, but someone yeah. from HR, ask them their budget. Say, yeah. do you happen to have a range of what this role is going to be offering? I want to make sure yeah. that we're aligned and on the same page and nine times out of 10, they're able to at least give you a range. They might not be able to give you the exact number, but they could give you an idea. Yeah. So yeah, that would be my advice when it comes to negotiating for salary. Like I said, it is awkward. I totally agree with all of you. Um, But unfortunately, it's just something we have to do. You're never going to get it if you don't ask for it. Um, And honestly, I've had like my aunt works in recruiting and she's like, I always respect when people, you know, even just shoot high and try and negotiate for themselves. I think that, you know, shows like an initiative person um, or initiative worker and everyone's got to do it. So don't be like ashamed of it. And I think it shows that you value yourself. Like, again, yeah. kind of be realistic about it. Honestly, yeah. like you said, you mentioned Glassdoor. I think that's a great place to go to, to just kind of see what range you should be in. Exactly. But like, know your value. Like, I think I do agree with you. There are definitely some people, and I think I've read something where, like, men especially will way shoot over their value and women tend to undershoot but I think that it's still it's realistic to just be like you know I know I am worth this amount maybe even more I'm gonna highball it to ask for it because the the worst that they can do is say no and and work you down my goal in life is to have the delusional confidence of a mediocre looking white man in corporate mm-hmm. America. Like just that blind delusional confidence that they have in everything they do when they're typically a shit person and a shit employee. Like I would kill to have that confidence yep. in anything. Like, you know, okay. like it just, it blows my fucking mind. I meet these guys and I'm like, where did you come from? Where? Who yep. told you that you are the shit? I would like to speak to that. 
Yeah. Um, sorry, that was just my rant about men in corporate America. <laughs> no, but but you're not wrong. But I think that's all good advice. I think it's very helpful to consider and, you know, just do what makes you feel the most comfortable at the end of the day. You know yourself the best and, you know, ask friends. Always ask friends. I yeah. feel like that's always helpful to kind of, you know, um, you know, not asking them the, the amount that they're making. That might be uncomfortable, but more about like how they would approach it and how yeah. they how it's worked for them in the past. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Well, beautiful. So this this was, you know, a work professional filled episode. Thank you, Annie, for answering all of these questions based so on welcome. your experience yes i'm not a professional in this any means this is just what seemed to have worked for me when i was going through the process last year um so i hope it can be um helpful to anyone who is looking to switch careers or switch jobs or whatever the case may be um but yeah just know you're not in it alone it's hard and uncomfortable for everyone and if you're going through the interview process I know it's not fun um but I feel like you know I talked to my aunt about this a lot I feel like she's like my career coach but um like when I was going through the process of interviewing it can be like obviously really tedious and tiresome word tiresome yeah okay cool um it can be really tedious and tiresome but just look at it like every interview that doesn't land in a job was just um practice and experience and you can never have too much experience in interviewing and I feel like that's a really valuable skill to have um so yeah that's my tidbit love it (laughs) love it all well thank you and i hope you all found this episode valuable and we will be back next week with some november obsessions woo favorite episodes (laughs) all right we'll talk talk to you guys later thanks for listening to the girl vibes only podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode and stick around for more every monday morning be sure to follow us on instagram at girl vibes only that's g-r-l vibes only to stay up to date on our latest content and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode ttyl xoxo girl vibes only